Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So today, uh, as is tradition, we are going to be doing our prediction episode for Dominaria United. And as is typical, uh, we're going to be starting off by checking in on our predictions from Commander Legend Battle for Baldur's Gate. But before we jump into it, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits, including ad-free episodes for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. All right, with that, let's jump into our CLB projections. So after a little bit of deliberation, here is the top 10 list we ended up on. So we thought that the most adopted cards from CLB would be Displacer Kitten. Uh, this is the three and a blue two two that, uh, well, when, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you can exile up to one target non-land permanent control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. So, uh, pretty powerful blink engine. We both thought that that had legs in Commander. Oh, can I go? Can I do the next one? Let's trade them off. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. So the next one was my Wild Magic Surge. Um, it's a red instant, costs red, red, so two mana value. It says destroy target permanent and opponent controls. Its controller reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a permanent card that shares a type with that permanent. They put that card in the battlefield and the rest in the bottom of their library in a random order. So kind of polymorph a thing, but really it's a kill spell in red. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's, that's pretty good. Pretty solid one. Yeah. Uh, next on our list was Ancient Copper Dragon. Uh, this is four red red for a 6-5 creature Elder Dragon with flying. And when it deals combat damage to a player, you roll a d20 and create a number of treasure tokens equal to the result. Uh, so dragon decks are very popular. This is a pretty powerful one in the color that is most centric to dragon decks. So we figured this had a good shot of making it into the format. Uh, what's our next one? The next one is Black Market Connections. So this was, uh, I think, a fairly easy one for us to (laughs) guess because there's just so much buzz about it. It's a black enchantment. It costs uh, three mana value, so two and a black. It says, at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, choose one or more. Uh, Sell contraband, you create a treasure token and lose a life. Buy information, draw a card, lose two life. Hire a mercenary, create a 3-2 colorless shapeshifter creature token with changeling, you lose 3 life. So you can do all of them for 6, you could do one of them for whatever the life it says. Um, Very flexible, very good. Turns out this card is very good. Um, And I guess I'll pass it back to you. Yeah, this next card was also pretty buzzy. Um, This is Archivist of Ogma. It is one in the white for a 2-2 creature halfling cleric with flash. Whenever an opponent searches their library, you gain one life and draw a card. Uh, repeatable card draw in white at a very cheap cost made this pretty attractive. Uh, and then what's next? Any similar cards you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, so there might have been another white two drop that made the list, uh, in, in our opinion. And it was Deep Gnome Terramancer. This is a 2-2 gnome wizard with flash for two mana, one in a white says mold earth whenever one or more lands enter the battlefield under an opponent's control without being played you may search your library for a planes card put it on the battlefield tapped then shuffle do this only once each turn um so yeah pretty funny they put two rare white in the set that are dealing with searching and stuff so um yeah what's the next card uh next we've uh we guessed that inspired tinkering would see some play so this is four and a red for a sorcery. Uh, impulse draw the top three cards of your library. So exile them, and then you can cast them until the end of your next turn. Uh, and then create three treasure tokens. So very efficient um, card advantage spell. Works really well with treasure production and with commanders that care about playing things from exile, such as um, such as Prosper or the new green-red commander in one of the CLB precons. Uh, but we can move on. What's our next card? Yeah, the next one was Carnelian Orb of Dragonkind. So there's a cycle of three of these, a red, a blue, and a green one. This is the red one. Uh, it costs three mana, two and a red. It's an artifact. It says tap, add red. If that mana is spent on a dragon creature spell, it gains haste until end of turn. So dragons are pretty popular, if you've heard. Um, and this is in the core dragon color. Haste is 
pretty good. So we, we put this one on the list, you know, trying out those three mana rocks. Uh, and then we got a few more. So what's the next one? Uh, so number nine on our list of predictions was Baldur's Gate. Uh, it is a legendary land gate. It taps for a colorless mana and it has two tap add X mana of any one color where X is the number of other gates you control. Uh, this is just us kind of hedging that gate decks would become a lot more popular following the release of the set. Uh, but what's our last card? Yeah, our next one is Saravox Tome. So this was an artifact. Uh, it costs four mana. And it says whenever Saravox Tome enters the battlefield, you take the initiative. Uh, and so the initiative is like the Monarch Dungeon thing. Uh, it says tap, add colorless. If you have the initiative, add two colorless instead. And it says three tap, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Activate only if you've completed a dungeon. Um, so this is kind of like a funny hedron archive that can be way better for you. And also like it's a colorless way to introduce the initiative into the game that's actually good. <laughs> so uh, that was that was here. So do you want to get into what the actual top 10 was and we can get into like what we missed on? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to spend too much time on the, the places hits, yeah. where... yeah where our predictions aligned with reality. But um, so the actual top 10, uh, number one, black market connections, not a big surprise there. Number two, archivist of Ogma, uh, also not a surprise. Number three, decanter of endless water. Uh, so this is a three cost artifact. You have no maximum hand size and it taps for one mana of any color. This one was a little bit surprising. Like I, um, I typically don't go for, like three cost mana rocks unless there's a, a big bonus attached to it like i liked carnelian orb of dragon kind because i think that you know giving all your dragons haste is pretty relevant there's a lot of like combat damage triggers um i'm not crazy about like having no maximum hand size like i don't think there's like a huge difference between having seven cards and having nine cards in hand um but what do you think about this does this make sense to you i know that like thought vessel sees a lot of play but that also costs one less mana. Yeah, I mean, I this is something I'll keep in mind in the future because like uh, other content creators too have talked about how people really overvalue having no maximum hand size. And that's what this seems like. It seems like people are like, oh, I always wanted my Thought Vessel to tap for co- like a color and now it does. <laughs> and <laughs> and they just jammed this into their decks. But like, I... Uh... I don't know. It's fine, you know. <laughs> Without looking it up, how many decks do you think Thought Vessel it is is in on oh, the EDH track? My guess is like in the twenty thousands. That's my guess. Uh, you're off by an order of magnitude. Really? Like yeah. which way? Like two hundred and twelve thousand decks <laughs> on EDH track. <laughs> Holy! <laughs> Wait, no way. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's wow. that's pretty wild. Maybe if we had uh, paid more attention to that, or, or like. If that had been on the the forefront of our minds, we might have gotten this one. Um, okay, Thought Vessel, way more popular than you thought yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, logging that one into the memory banks. Mm-hmm. All right, now we can move on to number four, Ancient Copper Dragon, Dragon not surprising. Uh, Deep Known Terramancer is number five. Number six is Displacer Kitten. Number seven is Wild Magic Surge. Number eight is Ancient Silver Dragon. Uh, so this is another member of the ancient dragon cycle. This is six blue blue for an eight eight creature elder dragon with flying. When it deals combat damage to a player, roll a d twenty, draw cards equal to the result, and you have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. So clearly, people are just going wild for this because <laughs> you have no max hand size. Yeah, of course, it couldn't be anything else about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that makes sense. It's like splashy and huge and dragony and mm-hmm. you know whatever. It kind of makes sense because I don't know. Do you want to get into the next? card on the list this one i i I can't really defend this yeah Uh, so number nine is ganax astral hunter it's four and a red for a three four legendary creature dragon with flying when it or another dragon enters the battlefield under your control create a treasure token and it has choose a background um so even though this is a legendary creature this is making the list as a main deck card it is just seeing a ton of play and presumably in dragon decks uh, what do you think about this card being so dang popular? I 
Uh, it doesn't see. I know maybe someone at home has played with it and it has been good, but this really doesn't seem that good to me. Like, what? <laughs> how how many treasure are you getting off of him? Like in a game, it it seems kind of just like you know, it's kind of like dragon creature spells you cast cost one less to cast. Yeah. Um, Except, like, you know, compare it to, like, Dragonlord Servant or something. You're paying five paying mana for the pleasure instead of paying two mana for this effect. Yeah. So, maybe it's just because it is it's a, a dragon, dragon that, like, it triggers other things. Dragony or, stuff. I don't, yeah, I don't know. If people have been playing with Ganax and he's been really good, like, please tell me and tell me why. Because it doesn't, I don't think I could have ever guessed this in a million yeah. years. Yeah doesn't look that good yeah absolutely but uh the last one uh we could have guessed and uh nick did imagine <laughs> so uh, what's the last one all right uh last one number 10 out of commander legends battle for Baldur's gate is jahira friend of the forest this is two and a green for a two three legendary creature human elf druid tokens you control have tap add green and you choose a background uh so I I actually put this on my top 10 before we did our, our reconciliation um, last time. And I just figured there's a lot of token decks out there. Um, this is a pretty powerful ability. It works really well with non-creature tokens. So like all the treasure to- token generation that's going around lately, uh, clues, other things, food. Um, this just seems like it does a lot. And so I was kind of high on it but it it is like a niche card it is only going to go into some decks it's not like a a decanter of endless water or something that you just put anywhere anywhere yeah um i i liked jahira but um i was thinking of like other cards that we've seen over the years that like do this and like some of them like especially recently a lot more have been played but like Back in the day, like you could pick up like Sentinel Hierophants for like, or no, that's not the one I'm thinking of. Um, uh, I think it is. Isn't is it Sentinel... the, the guys that tap your creatures you control have tap? Yeah, green. tap yeah. at a green. Yeah, okay, I got it right. Nice. Um, and like some of the other ones, and the more modern ones have seen more play. I felt like like the, um, the what's the weirding or the two mana not earthcraft from shadows oh, uh, cryptolithrites yeah cryptolithrites and stuff like that they've seen a little bit more play but i was like uh i mean this is a really powerful effect but like it doesn't seem like it's like crazy popular but it looks like when it's in the command zone <laughs> it is well, a little in, bit easier too so well in the, in this case it is still part of the main deck that, that is what like oh really yeah oh yeah 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 okay well yeah, I guess uh, people are coming around on it. There is a, just a lot more tokens in general with with treasure and whatnot. So, like, if your treasure, like, yeah, they're not making any color, but having them tap for green, you know, uh, turn after turn, getting more and more of them, that seems pretty good. You're like mm-hmm. squirrels making a bunch of mana, and you're like chatterfangs and whatnot. That's pretty good because you end up with like a million tokens in that list. So <laughs> yeah, I mean I can definitely see this. Like I, I recognized it as a good card. I just didn't a lot of the time cards like this seem like pet cards for like me and I'm never sure how much the rest of the world is gonna like them. Mm-hmm. But uh I guess they like them a lot. So Yeah. I know every time we get a Ganax it like shakes my confidence in <laughs> predictions for cards like Jahira. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um I guess with that said, we had a hit rate of 6 out of 10. Uh, Nick had a little bit more if you want to count Jahira because it was on his initial list, so that's 7. So I feel like we're doing pretty good. Um, we're still still in that. It did help that there were like some clear staples. Like if we if we didn't put Wild Magic Surge on that list, you know, we clearly don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's pretty funny. Um and and I'm still like surprised at some stuff like the Baldur's Gate, like, are okay. I guess no one is playing. Like, not as many people are paying Gates decks, which kind of affects this uh, set review too, or set predictions episode too. Uh, yeah. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink for for me. I will say one thing is that you know we we told you about the top ten, but 
The cards number 11, 12, and 13 were Manorgate, Seagate, and Black Dragon Gate. Uh, so those are all the the sort of like thriving gates, the, the gates that let you choose a color and then add a, uh, another color kind of like as a base case. Um, and those are the three that fit into the Nine Fingers Keen deck. So there, I think there's some appetite for gate decks, uh, but it's just like not fully mainstream. It's just not going to really drive the numbers. Uh, yeah. 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 That makes sense. It's, it's like a niche archetype that appeals to a small amount of players, but or oh, I say small amount of players. It's still like a large number of players, but like not the majority of players. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes sense. So yeah, definitely tempering my numbers with that one. And uh, I guess, do you want to start getting into uh, predictions? Do you want to get into yours for, for DMU? Yes. Uh, so I think Dominaria United was, um, well, overall, I think there's probably like a little less in the way of staples compared to yeah. the average set. I agree. Um, I don't think this was so, so like towards the end of my list, there's like a lot of very arguable cards on here, but I'll just jump right in. Uh, number one on my list is Terra Sunder. This is the like exile naturalize that you can kick for one in a black uh to just exile target non-lane permanent so utter end is like the easiest point of comparison we mentioned this in the set review uh, utter end is in forty-six thousand decks on edh rec so i think there's like you know there, an appetite for this effect at this price and then one advantage it has over utter end is that if you're just trying to hit an artifact or enchantment uh you can do it for way cheaper uh number two on my list is Karn's Silex. Uh, this is the three mana legendary artifact um, that enters the battlefield tapped. And you can pay X and tap it uh, to exile, or rather, pay tap, pay X, tap it, exile it, uh, destroy each non land permanent with mana value X or less, activate only as a sorcery. Uh, and then it also has this kind of a bonus line of text uh, players can't pay life to cast spells or to activate abilities that aren't mana abilities. Um, so like the easiest point of comparison is is probably like Navinural's disc um which currently sees play in 38,000 decks on EDH rec. Now there are a lot of disadvantages for the Silex compared to Navinural's disc. You have to pay a lot of mana to activate this or like to really clear things off the board uh whereas Navinural's disc you only have to pay the one and then Navinural's disc, you can keep have that like threat of activation on your opponent's turns, and it also doesn't like sacrifice or exile itself, so it works really well with like indestructible grinding effects. So, you know, there's a lot of play to Navinural's disc that doesn't apply to Karn Silex. But, you know, there are still gonna be a lot of decks that are interested in this effect. Uh and I think I think it'll still see a fair bit of play like colorless board wipe. Um, there are some opportunities for synergies with it. I think it's, uh, I'll, I'll take the bet that it'll do well in this format. Number three on my list, uh, LS ill core sadistic pilgrim. Uh, this is the black. This is actually the only legendary creature on my list. Um, this is the black white legend. Uh, it's like one of the un- uncommon pointers. But it's white-black for a 2-2 Phyrexian Core Cleric with Death Touch. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. Whenever another creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life. And the easiest point of comparison is like Cruel Celebrant, which is black-white for a 1-2 creature. Whenever uh, it or another creature or Planeswalker you control dies, uh, I think it deals one damage to each opponent. Basically, extremely similar card. Uh, Ellis is the same cost and just does a little bit more. And Cruel Celebrant is in 34,000 decks on EDH rec. Blood artist effects, little uh, aristocrats type guys, extremely popular in Commander, so I expect Ellis to see a lot of play. Um, it One way that it could mess up the numbers is if like maybe people just like migrate their aristocrats decks to using Ellis as the Commander, so it ha- like depresses the main deck oh, numbers. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I think it's still got a good shot. Yeah. Uh, number four on my list is Temporary Lockdown. This is the uh, white enchantment, one white white 
Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you exile all non-land permanents with mana value two or less, and then until it leaves the battlefield. So it it's just a way to clear cheap stuff off the board. Easiest point of comparison was like culling ritual, um, which is the sorcery. It's green and black, four mana. Um, you can destroy all non-land permanents with mana value two or less, and then add uh, mana to your mana pool for each permanent destroyed this way. Culling Ritual is in 32,000 decks on EDH rec. Culling Ritual is also a lot better than Temporary Lockdown, uh, but it's um, it's a similar effect. It's certainly like fits into Temporary Lockdown certainly fits into a broader range of color identities, um, and it, there just aren't a ton of cards that do this. So I I will bet that it sees some play, probably more on like the EDH or the CEDH side of the format. All right, I'll try to speed this up a little bit. Uh, number going, five. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> uh, number five is Leaf Crowned Visionary. Um, this is the Elf Lord that it's green, green for a 1 1. Uh, other elf creatures you control get plus or plus one. And whenever you cast an elf spell, you can pay green, and then if you do, draw a card. So it's uh, a draw engine that converts mana into cards, which is exactly what elf decks need. Uh, I. There's 24,000 elf decks on EDH rec. I think most of, if not all of them, should be running this card. Uh, number six on my list. Rundvelt. Rundvelt? Horde yeah. Master. <laughs> uh, 14,000 goblin decks on EDH rec. And a lot of them, most of them, all of them, should probably be running this card. It's one in a red for a 1-1. One, one. Other goblin creatures you control get plus or plus one. And whenever it or another goblin creature you control dies... Exile the top card of your library. If it's a goblin card, you can cast it until the end of your next turn. So it's a sort of a, I mean, it's a lord. It's a cheap lord, one of the cheapest goblin lords. And it has the added bonus of being sort of like board wipe insurance uh, in case anything goes wrong. So I am a big fan of this card. There's not as many decks in the format that are interested in running it compared to like leaf crown visionary, but still think it has some legs. Uh, number seven is Plaza of heroes. This is one of the buzziest, probably the buzziest uh, cards from Dominaria United. Uh, there's just been a lot of people talking about how it's an instant format staple. It is very good. Um, it is a land and, and you know, lands with colorless identities that do something useful have a huge advantage in in getting adopted in commander so it's a land it taps for a colorless it taps for one man of any color that can only be spent to cast a legendary spell it also taps to add one mana of any color among legendary permanents you control and you can pay three tap it and exile it to give target legendary creature hexproof and indestructible until end of turn so it does a lot provided you can either like have cast a lot of legendary spells or have a lot of legendary permanence on the board or just get your commander down cheaply. Uh, so I think it's a good card. Um, and like I said, being a land with a colorless identity is a huge advantage. Uh, number eight on my list is Silverback Elder. This is two green, green, green for a, I want to say it's a five, seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a 5-7. Yeah, weird stats on this guy. <laughs> uh, whenever you cast a creature spell, choose one, destroy target artifact or enchantment, or look at the top five cards of your library. You can put a land card for among them onto the battlefield tapped, and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order, or gain four life. So it's, I mean, there's plenty of decks in this format that just want to cast a bunch of creatures. There's certainly a lot of green decks that enjoy doing this and won't mind his triple green mana cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, um, it is a little bit expensive and the cards are limited. Like you are generating cards off of this, but it's not, they're not going to be as broadly useful as what you might get off of like a beast whisperer or a, um, Great Henge or a Guardian Project, any of these other cards that kind of do something similar where you like are casting creature spells and getting big value. Um, but, you know, hey, there's room for more value in the format. And, and the types of cards this offers are not bad. 
Uh, okay, number nine on my list. Uh, honestly, oh, hold on. I'm going to switch these top two because my one of these is like extremely narrow and one of them is a little <laughs> bit more defensible. Uh, so number nine on my list is Sarah Paragon. Uh, this is two white white for, let's say, a three four angel um, with flying. And once during each of your turns, you can either play a land from your graveyard or cast a spell with mana value three or less out of your graveyard. And then that land or spell gains like if this would be put in, or like when this is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, uh, exile it and you gain two life. So it prevents like repeatable recursion over and over, but it is just a good way to get extra value out of your graveyard. Um, I think white is starving for effects like this. So it's just on my list. Number 10 on my list is Rabarin Mercenaries. Uh, this is kind of an odd one. Um, you could tell I was like scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point. Uh, this is three and a white for a three, four human mercenary with vigilance. Uh, it has all activated abilities of all legendary creatures you control. So one possible use is like, if you have this out before you cast your commander, it's sort of like giving your commander haste. Um, in that you can like activate the Rabarn mercenaries uh, before, like while your commander still has summoning sickness. And then once they are both able to be activated, it's just more activations, assuming your commander wants to do that. And then also as combo potential with Kiki Jiki, uh, this plus Kiki Jiki allows you to just make infinite Rabarn mercenaries and then you can crack at your opponents and kill them. So, uh, very last thing, I know I, I got through my 10 cards, but honorable mention to Thran Portal, uh, it's a, well, it's a gate for the gate decks. Yep. Boom. All right, tell us your top 10. Yeah, and so you're going to notice some similarities. I went through in work order for the most part. Um, you'll notice some omissions that might exist because of kicker um and then a card that i just straight up forgot because i try not to look at nick's list while i'm making this um so uh first is sarah paragon for all the reasons nick said i'm just so glad that white is getting access to the graveyard um two i had resolute reinforcements this is the one one sold human soldier with flash uh for two mana that says when it enters the battlefield you make a one one soldier um this is basically, I mean, it's its a card that exists technically. It's uh, not, it's a, what's it called? Raise the alarm or whatever. Timely reinforcements, not timely reinforcements, but that kind of two mana, get two guys spell that white gets pretty often. Sometimes it costs three mana because they have like lifelink or vigilance or something. But um, this is actually a body. So this works really well in a ton of decks. This works really well in like Winona, who's incredibly popular. So I was like, oh, yeah, this seems good. Uh, also, all the recursion loops that we're slowly starting to get. So I'm, I'm optimistic. Um, but I'm always overly optimistic about white in these predictions. So oops. Uh, the next one is temporary lockdown. Uh, it's in a, I mean, the calling ritual, like Nick says, and like a ton of decks, 32,000. So it just seemed like pretty similar. Um, this one is kind of, it's blue. It's, it's one of my two blue cards that I'm going to talk about. It's phasing of Zalfir. Um, so I have a, there's a thing about this one that I have no clue where it's going to land because if you look at Ixadron, which it's pretty close to, so the phasing is out here just to read it off. It's a saga costs four mana, uh, two and two blue has read ahead. So you can skip to any of the chapters you want and you just don't do the chapters you skipped. Uh, chapters one and two are another target non-land permanent phases out. It can't phase in for as long as you control the phasing of Zalfir. And then chapter three is destroy all creatures. Each creature destroyed this way. Uh, its controller creates a 2-2 black Phyrexian creature token. So um, a blue wrath, four mana, uh, but they get replaced with black tokens. So I looked at like the two most comparable options in blue. I looked at Ixadron, which is a five mana star star. Uh, when it enters the b- battlefield, you flip all non-token creatures face down and they become 2-2 creatures. Uh, and its power and toughness are equal to the number of face-down creatures on the battlefield. I've played this card a lot. It is very good. And it is only in like 6,700 decks on EDHREX. So not not played, but definitely like I feel like underplayed. <laughs> this screws up so many game plans for so many people. But then I looked at Curse of the Swine, 
which is X blue blue sorcery exile X target creatures for each creature exiled this way. Its controller creates a two two green boar creature token. That's in forty four thousand decks on EDA track. So obviously these cards are are like fairly comparable. I I don't understand why people like maybe people are only curse of the swining like two or three things but like if you were trying to take care of like a board curse of the swine seems way worse to me than ixadron um and phasing of zalfir seems much better <laughs> to mm-hmm. me i know you're exiling but like if you're just trying to get rid of stuff like this seems very good and then you can also save one of your creatures if you skip to chapter two or just if you don't need to wrath right now you could do one two and maybe do something silly um cast a boulder heavyweights and everyone gets a thing and then like phasing his alpha or whatever like that's pretty funny um so yeah I'm, i put it on my list because it's somewhere in between these two i think it's better than both the options that we have right now for blue doing this but uh that's where i'm at with it uh hottie Jin, we talked about this in the the set review like this effect so hottie Jin is a uh one it's a star four Jin for three mana one blue blue uh it has flying and its power is equal to the number of instants and sorceries in your graveyard and instant and sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast um this effect is just wildly popular uh the like goblin electromancers the mizixes the um amulet of what is a primeval amulet i can't remember the name of it right now like there's a bunch of cards that do this jace's sanctum and they're in a ton of decks so having a mono blue one of these um seemed pretty good uh there are a lot of mono blue spell slinger decks that don't get access to the like best versions of these in blue red so i'd put that on my list runvelt horde master leaf crown visionary for the same reasons that nick said uh, i had defiler of vigor on here i i just really think this is actually really good like um pumps your team it's huge it gives you a huge cost reduction uh this is kind of in place of the silverback elder for me i know nick put silverback elder on his list and i put the filer vigor on mine um i you you get obvious card advantage out of the silverback elder because you're getting lands or blowing stuff up or whatnot but um the amount of decks that defiler goes into that it like turbo charges seems very good to me um nine i had karn silix because it's good colorless wrath and all the things that nick said and then i had relic of legends as my 10th um and this is uh probably the one i was least confident about relic of legends is the three mana artifact it says tap Add one mana of any color, and it says tap and untap legendary creature control. Add one mana of any color. So three mana honor worn shaku that uh, makes your legends tap for mana. Uh, the problem is, and the reason why I'm less confident in it now, I played honor worn shaku a lot. It's been really good in like my Calamax list or uh, other lists I've had that uh, use legendary creatures, and we're getting more of them over the years. So like it's pretty easy to take these guys that like kind of just want to sit there and make them into mana with an honor worn shaku. Um, this does that, but better because it's three mana and it's a mana of any color. Problem is honor worn shaku is only in 7,000 decks. So I'm not uh, super confident in this. And honestly, I forgot about uh Terra Sunder. So uh, I think that's <laughs> probably what I would put on the list here if I was going to do it again, but that's mm-hmm. what I put. Uh, so uh, that said, I'm just going to go over the combined list at this point. So both me and Nick had Sarah Paragon. We both had temporary lockdown. We both had Karn Silex. We both had leaf crown visionary and Runvelt horde master. And we both uh, technically <laughs> put Terra under, which means we have four cards to put on this list now. So uh, what is the card on your list? You feel most confident will make it into the top 10. I'm going to, yeah, uh, sorry. I'll say, uh, maybe we could just take turns. I'll say, uh, Plaza of Heroes. It's a land. It's gotten a ton of attention. Uh, I think people are going to, I mean, it fits into every color identity. I think people are going to try it. Um, and I, 
Actually, let me look at the price right now. That might. It's not. Case. Oh, I guess it is. It's like ten dollars because I was doing the same thing. I was looking on Scryfall. <laughs> well, you, all right, you can get it for seven fifty if you go for the cheap version. I'll say. Um, that I think that'll be my my first like insistence. I think we need this on the list. First insistence. Okay. Uh, am I? How am I feeling about that? Do you think it's like the three mana ability? Do you think it's the f- mana fixing? Like. I think it's the fixing. Um, I think, like, I would guess that, and this is potentially a minor thing, but I would guess that the new Joda is going to be a very popular commander, and that's also going to help uh, inflate this card's adoption a bit. Okay. Um, okay. But I, I really, like, so many content creators were saying, like, this is a new format staple. Do you just run this in like all your decks? And like, I for certain don't agree with that. Uh, but I think that a lot of people have heard that repeated by multiple mouths and are going to try to run this card. Yeah, I totally, I can see that. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll put it on the list. I'm not very confident in it, but you have a, you're better at that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm always at like the four or five mark and you're always at the five or six mark. So I will, uh, acquiesce for this one. So, uh, sorry people at home. I'm not, not fighting this one back. Um, I'm actually going to ask for your assessment because the ones I, the, the thing I would like say I'm pretty confident about is that resolute reinforcements and i want to know if you think that's like pie in the sky uh do you think that's uh that's pretty reasonable do you think people just aren't going to take notice of it because it fits into so many archetypes i'm gonna check so i think like the benefit over raise the alarm is like pretty minor um i mean it matters in some places blah 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 but Raise the Alarm is currently in 6,500 decks on EDH Rec hmm. after you know being in the format for, for years and years and years. Almost yeah. 20 years, yeah. yeah. Well, hmm. it's predating okay. the format. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hmm. Then, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to... If, if I was going to pick one from your list, like Haughty Jin was one that I was like kind of waffling about. I think that people would try to run that in their spell slinger decks yeah i guess let's put that one then that's the that's the one i'm the most confident on mm-hmm. um just because it it does something that people are like obviously into it does it in a monocolor um and like if you're playing it in those decks it's like not a bad body like a presumably like four four flyer for three that does this that can maybe hit for more like i don't know that seems fine and three mana is like a pretty good place to start like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's no goblin electromancer or like brawl or anything like that but it just seemed like comparable like if you don't have access to goblin electromancer like what's the next best version of brawl i think yeah it's hottie Jin, i think so <laughs> so that's where I'm at with that one. So, okay. So, yeah, I got that one on the list. What do you think? Because we nicely had four open slots. Isn't that great? Yeah, perfect. Uh, so, I would say, like, my second pick out of my list would be LS Ilkor. I think, like, mm-hmm. the parallels are just way too easy to draw between it and popular uh, cards. Yeah, that actually, like, that one escaped me. I think that one is pretty cool it's doing a lot for decks that already existed <laughs> basically <laughs> um and just something that just has always been true about commanders it's way easier to just have 40 creatures die than it is to like actually go through the steps of combat <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. that's as silly as that sounds like it's it's really way way easier to do that you get a loop going you have tokens etc cetera, etc cetera. and if you got this effect stacked up you got your uh corpse knights and whatnot mm-hmm. you know so they're losing on entry and exit your zulport cutthroats whatever they are yeah um yeah it adds up you, all of a sudden it's 20 creatures and then it's 10 creatures and then you just that's it <laughs> so yeah no i'll give I'll, I'll throw that one down that one's a really good catch all right, well, then that gives the last one to me. So I'm actually going to 
instead of like posit one, I want to talk to you about, let's have a little discussion about green rares. So I agree with you. The silverback elder is very good. It's probably going to be played in a lot of decks. Why do you not feel like Defiler of Vigor is is that same good? Do you feel like it's like people's hands will be empty at that point? Um, like what? I, yeah, what's what's your uh, thought process may, there? This this might be like me overvaluing cards and undervaluing board presence. Like I do recognize that Defiler of Vigor can make board big, huge. Um, <laughs> And like the guy who is, you know, getting four defiler triggers on their turn is going to beat the guy who is like, you know, I got to search out four tapped lands on my turn or me. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. <laughs> so, uh, I would, that's, that's, I think this could be my bias. Um, may, maybe I'm just undervaluing winning the game because that's so <laughs> that's boring to me. <laughs> that's who we are Uh, as a podcast yeah but i i agree it is a strong card and can certainly like uh you know provided you're casting a lot of green spells could potentially be a win condition yeah Uh, because to to me so like when i look at so i i really don't need to like justify to myself that the silverback is good right like i look at it i cast a spell i get a land you know i blow up your your uh sphere of safety your uh propaganda or whatever i get in you know like obviously like this card is good it's hard to kill it's a five seven like yeah it's six mana but like you're gonna do that thing anyway and um defiler and the silverback both to me are asking the same question like do you have creatures in hand if yes do the thing and green's like pretty good at that you got your toskies you got your like uh uh Rishkar's expertises you got your you know there, there's just so many ways to draw cards in green so like having a creature in hand is not really the question they're, they're both asking that question and green says yes of course i have a creature in hand so like when i'm looking at these two because i want to put one of them on the list right like i think both mm-hmm. of these could make the list um like i guess i'm leaning towards defiler because timmy smash like right now our list is like pretty much like good cards that like people play they're like your take your medicine cards you know mm-hmm. it's like they're like okay like i got an elf deck i'm gonna put the really good elf florida in okay terra sunder plaza of heroes um this one like defiler to me is, is like is is like the timmy card it's it's like the commander like ethos of like i'm gonna have a huge board <laughs> you know <laughs> So that that's why I'm there, and I'm not saying I have to be right. So, like, do you want to do you want to talk about Silverback over Defiler? Like, do you want to? No, like, let's let's go with uh, Defiler because I'm you know I'm I'm also like undervaluing the cost reduction effect, which is not insignificant. Mm-hmm. Um, you you do get to like to a degree exchange a less valuable resource for a more valuable resource. Um, I'll I'll say let's let's go with Defiler. Okay. Like, yeah. Silverback Elder was not one of my most confident picks. Okay. Yeah. No. Because I'm I'm pretty confident in this one, and and honestly, like the cost reduction to me is like a pretty big deal too. If you put this in the elf deck, like that next turn is insane, or even that turn, you know, like if you have your um, oh, what's it called? Tap three to make mana. Tap three elves to make a bunch of mana. Elf. Uh, oh, I can't oh uh, Heritage Druid. Yeah, if you have your Heritage Druid and you have a Defiler of Vigor in your Elf deck, you're like, it's a pretty big turn <laughs> for mm. you. So it just seems like it works pretty well with things. So yeah, okay, okay. Then I'm I'm doing it, and I apologize if uh, if I <laughs> messed up this pick first. So on that note, I guess do you want to talk about? Oh, let's let's go over. Um, the final list for us is going to be Sarah Paragon, uh, Temporary Lockdown, Karn Silex, Leaf Crown Visionary, Runevelt Hordemaster, Terra Sunder, Plaza of Heroes, Hadi Jin, Elias Ilkor, Sadistic Pilgrim, and Defiler of Vigor. Um, do you have any like last thoughts about the format? We kind of did a little bit of this at the end of last episode, but now we've had a little bit of time to play with some cards. Um, like, Let's are, see. We, you know, like we, we've 
looked at how the domain the kicker has affected things like deeper which cards are worth it and which ones aren't like what's your like this is going to be our last dmu episode for everyone like people who listen to us know that the predictions is our last uh for the spoiler season but like what do you think of is going to happen i guess we we talked about like <laughs> why the set worked but what do you think is going to happen from here how how are we going to think about dmu in the future okay i i mean i think we're going to remember it for the legends and like the most learning i have done so far has just been from playing a lot of historic brawl on arena um because that's yeah know. that's the main easiest way to play right now yeah yeah um one thing i will say is like uh i think that that that's i mentioned this earlier in the episode but i think that the new joda is going to be a popular commander and see a lot of play um people are just like love cascading and it's already taken up a decent chunk of the the metagame on historic brawl um also uh ivy gleeful spell thief uh i i think that like i would uh lean a little bit more towards like the aura build that alex Whiteclay was um suggesting and we mentioned that in the set review as opposed mm. to like this purely spell based one that i was doing um just like throwing a curiosity or a keen sense and getting to draw you know multiple cards every turn is pretty solid as opposed to just like one shot i'm gonna slip through space this and and draw two cards uh so there is like room for more like longer term value in that deck um those are like the the main learning so far i i think that like you can kind of see this in our predictions here but um hasn't seemed hasn't appeared to like be highly impactful um (laughs) in terms of like the non-legendary cards yeah honestly i mean we we mentioned it before but like if this card didn't have those box toppers like it would have been pretty much a total bust and it's because of that like i'm not i'm not really looking to draft in person like there aren't really many cards in the main set that i'm looking for it's a lot of singles that i'm gonna end up buying um and like I'm excited for the set and the story. We got a bunch of like funny things confirmed. Uh, Phyrexian Oil is nano machines. Everybody, um, we we learned it. We did it. <laughs> we got there. The <laughs> prediction was true. Um, so like this set's been really cool for a lot of reasons, but uh, yeah, there's just the the mechanics that they chose for it. Like they might play pretty well in limited, but as for commander like i don't think we're gonna really think about this and honestly like if this was the old days and we had a set like this like i would have just like shrugged and been like oh okay but now that commander is like the central focus like we get all these legends we get the box choppers that are extra legends like we have this funny like you can maybe open a literal card from the set legends in a collector booster and stuff so yeah i think this is like when we look back at dmu i think we're gonna think about like uh the promotions more than the set if that makes sense like this set is very like it's very good and it's very fun but it just is not very impactful and uh i think people will laugh at like damn they really put legends cards in this packs more than like (laughs) thinking about how that set played or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but that does mean that there's going to be a lot of pet cards for people, you know, like, like uh, I was talking about before we started uh, the episode, how I need to get like Twinferno for like a deck of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Twinferno is the like copy and instant sorcery or a creature gets double strike. <laughs> like <laughs> Such a funny card, but you probably need one of those, you know, at any mm-hmm. given point in time. So there's a bunch of cards like that in the set that are like very, very niche. And that's, that's pretty much where I want sets to be, you know, like at this point, like give me very specific tools and stop giving me like just generically useful, like blue mythic rare X Sphinx that like draws card (laughs) or like does something really good, you know, that Mm -hmm. that's, that's where I'm at. So I, I, 
this sets fun. It's cool. There's a bunch of silly things. I just wish it was more conducive to like how commanders actually played. It, it's fine. I, I think it like expanded the number of archetypes available. You can do deserts now. You can do archers yeah. now. You can do uh, there's a bunch of new stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I I think that like them pushing the power and the designs in that direction is a good thing. I think it's okay when a set isn't like you know or the spark or yeah. Ravnica Allegiant <laughs> where it's like here is just a whole bunch of new really efficient removal spells that you're going to put in every deck in this color identity forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, the the treatment, the stained glass treatment looks really cool, you know, and then the the actual like box topper legends are like cool. So yeah, it's it's not like there's nothing like you're not excited when you open a pack. It's just like there's I don't know singles, <laughs> singles, <laughs> singles all the time, singles mm-hmm. for everything. That's where I'm at with it. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. So I guess this is a this will be the last last bit of DMU. So if you enjoyed this, let us know. Leave us a review. If we forgot something, if you're like, no, oh my god, borrow worm speaker is gonna be the card. <laughs> uh, please tell us if you're like the mana rig it fits into this deck please tell us please I want what what the what's the point mm-hmm. with the mana rig um, and yeah For we sure. will and, and hey tell us your predictions like yeah absolutely you know if you can consistently beat us we'll doff our hat to you yeah absolutely we'll come to you <laughs> teach <laughs> us your ways you know so yeah that's yeah. that's I think where we're at so uh, thank you all and I guess do you want to want to get into the the patreon sure uh yeah i want to wrap it up with a thank you to our patreon patrons they are gustav addison rick Raphael, kyle laser charlotte the white clays hannah james logan roger bryce dylan benjamin jamie matthew kyle brandon kevin jeremy russell dylan micah troy roxanne charles daniel andrew jason paul johan jonathan christian jim andrew vasilios logan frugal brutal carl oscar danny b mifflin jean-francois drew recta nick bj cameron and valerio thank you all for supporting the show and if you're not currently a Patreon patron, but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at commander theory. And on Twitter, I am at fat Bartleby. You can also email us at commandertheory at gmail.com. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Nick Cage. You can check him out on SoundCloud. And if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk, pop punk band called The Have Nots, all one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, You can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to thehavenots.bandcamp.com. That is T-H-E-H-A-V-N-A-U-T-S.bandcamp.com. And check us out. Let me know what you think.